0: good morning everybody good morning again today i would like to i'd like us to discuss uh, the sandokai a very important text in our zen tradition so in our in our tradition we chant that text called sandokai which means sameness and differences it's a text written in the eighth century by the chinese zen master Shitu Zhikyan, who was a Dharma grandson of Wineng, the sixth patriarch. He's a key figure, actually, in the early Zen development. Three of the five traditional schools of the Chinese Zen trace the origin through Shitu and his successors. So it's important to note that. Shitu's practice and teaching developed during a time of divisiveness between two schools of zen one upholding the doctrine of gradual realization and the other one upholding the doctrine of sudden realization so to understand how this divide was born we need to go back to the time where the fifth patriarch hongren was looking for a successor among his disciples and in doing so, he wanted to determine who will be the one that will succeed. He asked them to express their understanding by writing a verse. The head monk, Shen Jiu, wrote this verse. The body is a tree of wisdom, the mind but a bright mirror. At all times, diligently polish it to remain untainted by dust. Then Hui Neng, who was at the time an illiterate young monk working in the rice shed, heard about this and asked someone to transcribe and post a verse on his behalf. And what he wrote was this. The tree of wisdom fundamentally does not exist, nor is there a stand for the mirror. Originally, there is not a single thing. So where would dust settle? So the first verse is good. It captures the vital aspects of the discipline and determination of our daily practice. But it's not yet free of form and of perceived goal. On the other hand, Huineng's verse goes much deeper and eliminates the attachment to form and to a destination. Where do we go where there's no place to reside? So when Hongren, the fifth patriarch, saw this verse, he knew immediately who would become his successor. And he also knew that the monks will not approve of this. Winning was not ordained at the time, was there for about nine or ten months. On the other hand, the head monk was there for years. Everybody was under the assumption that it will be the head monk who will become the successor. So knowing this, Honglan decided to pass on that transmission to Hui Neng at midnight so the other monks don't see that. So he asked him to come to his quarters, gave him the robe and bowl as a symbol of the transmission and asked him to, asked him to run away and disappear for about 15 years. To wait until things calm down, deepen his realization before emerging as a Dharma teacher. Later on Huinek became the founder of what is known, what was known as the Southern School of Zen, the Southern Realization. And Shenju, which was the head monk at the time, became the the leader of what was known the School of Northern Realization, or Gradual Realization, the Northern School of Zen. So this is where the division began. Shitu, who composed the sandokai was in the lineage of weneng and just to give us a flavor of his direct teaching here's how we he dealt with questions by monks a monk asked him what is liberation shitu said who has bound you another monk asked what is the pure land shitu said who has polluted you Another monk asked, What is Nirvana? And she too said, Who has given you birth and death? These are very important questions for us to, to examine. What is liberation? Who has bound you? In other words, why are you seeking something that you are? Why are you under the assumption that you are not free? What is the pure land who has polluted you who is creating this mess and what is nirvana why do you think you are stuck in samsara so we can see how the meaning of wenegs verse shines through these answers the tree of wisdom fundamentally does not exist as in the verse of weneg And Shitu taught that what meets the eye is the way. In other words, what seems to be, what may seem to be an obstacle is nothing but a gateway to liberation. So Shitu is the one who composed the verse, the Sandokai. And the first line, the first part of it, says, the mind of the great sage of India was intimately conveyed from west to east. While human beings can be wise or foolish, the way has no northern or southern ancestors. And obviously the way has no northern and southern ancestors refers to sudden or gradual realization or belief system that holds on to either sudden or gradual or anything else. So the mind of the great sage of India refers to one mind or Buddha nature, mind that embraces two aspects the absolute and the relative. In the awakening of faith it says the revelation of the true meaning of the principle of Mahayana can be achieved by unfolding the doctrine that the principle of one mind has two aspects. One is the aspects of mind in terms of the absolute, and the other is the aspect of mind in terms of phenomena, samsara, birth and death, or form in general. So the mind of the great sage of India, obviously when we hear that, we may see an image of a Buddha, we may see something or someone that was, not is, how is it intimate it was intimately conveyed how is it intimately conveyed to us now what does it mean intimately conveyed what does it do how do you feel how do you what does it do to you when you hear that it is right now intimately conveyed meaning there is no gap It is as intimate as it gets what does that mean the one mind so keep that so in mind so when we open up the discussion i want to see where we're at with that the way has no northern or southern ancestors the way has nothing it is attached to the way, reality, the truth, things as they are, what can be an obstacle for that? While human beings can be wise or foolish, yeah, whether we get it or not, doesn't matter. Or, in other words, one does not increase when somebody realizes, and one does not decrease. When someone acts in foolish ways. The only thing that increases and decreases realization is suffering. When a person realizes, suffering in the world decreases. When a person acts in foolish ways, suffering in the world increases. So, wise and or foolish also can be seen as sudden or gradual enlightenment. Some say it's gradual, some may say it's sudden. Those may just seem to be two, but they are actually one. Gradual is necessary, sudden is necessary. And even when realization is sudden, it is a result of gradual, long and gradual process. And even when it is sudden, there is always the gradual, the continuation that, it, that must follow right after that. Otherwise we get stuck. Or we can say we get stuck if we think it's only sudden, and we get stuck if we think it's only gradual. Either way, we get stuck. And the way does not discriminate and therefore has no distinction. We say differentiation without equality is wrong differentiation. Equality without differentiation is wrong equality. It's another way to point at sameness and differences as not two. Meaning if we see reality as only as different, obviously our eyes see differentiation. If we see it only as different, we're stuck. If we see it as one, we're also stuck. A simple analogy to that, a simple way to describe that is using the five fingers, as many of you have heard before, many times. The five fingers are five fingers, and at the same time, each finger is equally the one hand. It doesn't matter where you point at at your hand, or fingers, each finger is equally one hand and. One of the five fingers. So the one and the many are not in opposition. <clears throat> the next, one, next paragraph says, The soul shines clear and bright. The branching streams flow through the darkness. To be attached to things is illusion. To encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment. The source, with a nature, oneness, God, whatever we call it, manifests everywhere. But it is ultimately undefinable, ungraspable, and ineffable. Or as we said last week, hiding in plain sight. The branching streams are referring to the many and the darkness is referring to oneness. And that means that the many, the differentiation, are always running through The one. So things being different doesn't mean they are not one. They run through that. It's just that our eyes, our our regular eyes, not the third eye, cannot see that the many are essentially one. So we get lost in differentiation. That's why we said that the, the third eye must open before we can see that each. Of Each particular is of one nature, unique, different, but at the same time not separated. Nagarjuna, third century Indian scholar and Buddhist practitioner said, Those who don't know the distinction between the two truths cannot understand the profound nature of the Buddha's teachings. So in order to understand the Buddha's wisdom, we have to clearly understand this distinction between absolute and relative truth. So Nagarjuna continues, without relying on everyday common practices, relative truth, the absolute truth cannot be expressed. Without approaching the absolute truth, nirvana cannot be attained, meaning the only way The only way the Absolute can manifest is through the relative, through the differentiation, through the uniqueness of each form. And unless we become intimately connected with that and see that each particular is nothing but the One, then Nirvana cannot be attained. Not that it's not there, it's just it stays hidden in plain sight. Or we may say it stays dormant available to us to all of us but out of reach in everyday life so to be attached to the details of our storyline or to be attached to everything we see is an illusion to experience an underlying peaceful true nature is not yet enlightenment And why is that why is it to, to encounter the Absolute is not yet enlightened? Well, we can ask, what's the difference between holding on to one thing which we may consider as not true and then to another which may be, we may consider as true? The issue is not so much in what we hold on to as much as the tendency or the propensity to grasp, to hold on, to create something fixed in reality that is essentially or cannot be fixed. So we we do, we, and I think a lot of people do, even non-practitioners encounter the Absolute. It becomes very quickly a very nice memory, like kind of like a nice dream that we wake up from Going back to reminiscing, maybe telling others about. I had that experience yesterday, five years ago, ten years ago. And the Zen tradition will advise you to throw it away as quickly as you can. And wash your bowls immediately. So no trace remains. It's not telling you that the experience is not true or was not true. It is just warning us: be careful, because if you close your eyes for a second, you will grasp it. You will make something of it. So to encounter the absolute is not yet enlightenment. <clears throat> Suzuki uh, Shunryu Suzuki wrote, and I shared that with some of you this week in uh, personal conversations. People say that practicing Zen is difficult, but there is a misunderstanding as to why. It is not difficult because it is hard to sit in cross-legged position or to attain enlightenment. It is difficult because it is hard for us to keep our mind pure and our practice pure in its fundamental sense. And what he's saying is that we are already there, and we hear it often another thing he's saying is that our practice is not is not to find the way the way is here our practice is to stop desecrating what is essentially always pure in other words we have to come in touch with our with our propensities to trust something else You close the window To trust what we not, to trust what we have come to believe, and to and to bring that trust to what we may not always see or may not always understand. So yes, it's not so difficult to realize. It is difficult for us to not follow a habitual pattern. And that's where the practice is at. That's why discipline is so necessary in the Zen tradition. So enlightenment is not what we think it is. The next paragraph says, Every sensation and realm of consciousness intermingle even as they shine alone, interacting even as they merge, yet keeping their places in expressions of their own every sensation and realm of consciousness intermingle even as they shine alone now while we perceive the world in many ways this is the five aggregates form sensation perception reaction consciousness each of these ways or realms is unique and at the same time continuously all the time harmonized with the other realms so we can look at that as looking at different parts of uh, different ways of perceiving reality, whether it's through the ear, through the eye, through the mouth, physical sensations, tactile sensations. They are utterly unique, yet they don't work by themselves. So you chop off the nose, you put it down. It's no longer a nose. It is a nose only when it is a part of integrated with harmonized with or it functions uniquely only when it is connected with totality with everything else so the uniqueness we can say shows up only because it is one with all things or our uniqueness is made possible because we are one because we are not different Or we can say that we are different because we are one. If we are not one, we cannot be different. And this is not play on words. This is true. If we really deeply look into that, we realize, of course, there's no other way to say that. Or I am here because I am not here. A lot of things in the language of Zen or koans seems foreign but if we stick with it for a while and we verify through our own practice we realize that it's actually our mother tongue it is our native tongue we just forgot it and we have we are remembering something else that's why it's so important to stick with it for a long time and to hear it again and again to chant it again and again until we begin to realize wait a minute i am recognizing something here although it may sound illogical i still am recognizing some truth in that and the question is what in me is recognizing that truth or what in me corresponds with that truth because this is what we need to nurture that in us that hears the truth although there is something in us that's saying that's nonsense that is illogical oh i got better things to do right now than to listen to this so interacting even as they merge yet keeping their places in expression of their own and Dogen said every appearance or expression has its own dharma position And if you have an example, although the seasons merge seamlessly, we don't say that the spring will become summer or summer will become fall. When it's spring, it's just spring. Where is the cutoff of spring to summer? And what happens to spring when it becomes summer? He also said, actually, when he was about to die, he said, when life comes, only life. When death comes, only death. And that is a a statement of the one and the many. There are the many and each has its own expression according to function and place, according to the time. But it doesn't mean it's not connected. Next paragraph. Sights vary in quality and form. Sounds differ as pleasing or harsh. The dark makes all words one. The brightness distinguishes good and bad phrases. So we are continuously exposed to and interact with variety of forms. And these all forms for us fall into three categories. For the small mind, the small self. Likes, dislikes or indifferent, right? I either like it, I don't like it, or it doesn't matter to me. And we want to, in a way, grow out of that or transcend that, transcend the way we comment, transcend what we may automatically think about what we see or hear, and then understand that everything we hear is actually coming from the same source. So all those sides vary in quality and form. The dark makes all worlds one. What happens when all the lights are turned off? So the eyes are open when the lights are on. We see differentiation. We see different people. You look around, you see 20, 30, 40 people. Each one is different. And not only that, but each person stirs up the mind in different ways. Different connotations arise. <clears throat> and then suddenly the lights are turned off. We don't see. We no longer see differentiations. Nothing stirs up the mind. Well, the mind does it by itself. But nothing outside, externally, stirs up the mind. All become one. The eyes that differentiate no longer see differentiation. So the dog makes all words one, makes all things one. The brightness distinguishes good and bad phrases. Things are not good or bad, it's just our minds make it seem as if they are good or bad, up or down, black or white, in or out, or whatever it is, or realized or deluded. <clears throat> the, next, the next paragraph says, The four elements return to their nature as a child turns to its mother. Fire is hot, wind moves, water is wet, earth hot, eyes, see, ears, hear, nose, smells, tongue, taste. Each thing is independent of the other, like leaves that come from the same root. And although leaves and roots return to the source, both roots and leaves have their own purposes. Fire, wind, water, earth. These these elements symbolically refer to what comprises our body. Fire, body heat, wind, breath, water, body fluids, earth, bones. So while these elements are different, they function in unity and always return to the one, always are the one body of reality. So... Our bodies actually give us, excuse me, our bodies give us um, a portal into the one reality as it really is. So to study the way is to study ourselves. We are nothing but the reality we want to study. So in the same way that we function, in the same way that our bodies function, reality functions. In the same way that one finger is, not, is never a part of the one body I call me. I am never a part of the one body we call reality. Roots and leaves are referring to, again, the same thing, right? The one and the many. So, the leaves, you take a leaf, for example, although it has very unique function, very different than the roots of the tree, it is nothing but the tree. It may have shorter lifespan, different function, different appearance, yet never a part of. A leaf is a leaf because the tree is the tree. If it's not for the tree, there is no leaf. So, another way to say that, if I am not here, you are not here. Because I am here, you are here. Because there is this, there is that. If there is no this, there is no that. That's why it can get tricky for us. We have to... And this is why we have to keep expanding. So we may understand that in terms of my body. But then we cannot stop there. We have to expand that beyond me and my body. The principle is always the same. Yet it manifests in many ways. In the Heart Sutra we chant, No eye, ear, nose, tongue, body and mind. What's the difference? Here it says, yes there is an eye there is an ear are those in negation write that down because i want to see what you feel about that is there an eye or is there no eye is there an ear or not The next paragraph says within light there is darkness but do not take it as darkness Within darkness there is light, but do not see it as light. Light and darkness are a pair, like the foot before and the foot behind in walking. Each thing has its own intrinsic value expressed according to function and place. Ordinary life fits the absolute as a box and its lid. Within light there is darkness, but do not take it as darkness. Within light, what does that mean? Within differentiation, there is one. But it's not separated from the one. If I am looking for the one in the many, again, I will get lost. If I look for the many in the one, I will get lost. Why? Because they are not separated. Because by looking for one in the other, I create a gap. That's why. Do not. It is that way, but do not take it as darkness. Simple way to describe that, if I look at my hand and I see it as one, I have an oven meat and it's very difficult to function this way. I have to have five fingers so I can move them well and each of the the five fingers must have very unique ability in order to function. If I see the five fingers as one hand, I have a problem in functioning. If I see that the one hand as five fingers and I'm unable to to see that each one is different, I also have a problem. Either way, it's going to curtail our functioning or ability to function from a place of unity. We do function, but it gets messy. If we don't understand the darkness in the light, the light in the darkness. So, light and darkness are a pair like the foot before and the foot behind in walking. The absolute and the relative are the foot before and the foot behind in walking. Try to walk on one, it's exhausting. That's why our lives often become exhausting. We hold on to either this or that and in walking the amazing thing about that we forget the feet try to look at your feet when you walk you will fall down so in functioning we forget form and formless and when we forget form and formless form and formless act together seamlessly beautifully once we look down the problems begin. Actually, once we search, we get into trouble. Once we search, we create divisions. Ordinary life fits the absolute as a box and its lead. Matching perfectly, ordinary life fits the absolute. What is the way? Ordinary mind is the way. Look no further. The absolute meets the relative like two arrows meeting in midair. Hearing this, you should grasp the great reality. Do not judge by any standards. If you do not see the way, you do not see it even when you walk on it. When you walk the way, you draw no nearer, progress no farther. Who fails to see this is mountains and rivers away. I respectfully say to those who wish to be enlightened do not waste your time by night or day. So the absolute meets the relative like two arrows meeting in midair. And this is actually based on a story of two archers whose arrows met in midair. It's a story about a teacher and a disciple. And the disciple got so good at it that he wanted to challenge the teacher. So, and I think the teacher uh, did not want to do that. So as the teacher started to walk away, the archer the student drew, the, drew the, the, the arch and then wanted to shoot the arrow at that split second the teacher turned around and shot an own easier on arrow and those two arrows met in midair this is a way to illustrate uh, the way that we meet that it meets perfectly in midair like a box and the lead everything fits perfectly And the reason why they use the analogy or the story from the archer is that it takes a long, long, long time and discipline to get to a point that we forget the absolute and the relative. And then the absolute and the relative fit perfectly in our lives. So we practice and we experience realization and we hold on to it and we let it go and we practice some more and then we no longer call it practice and we no longer call it Zen. Then, Zen comes to life. So when you seek, that seeking becomes the veil of mountains and rivers, the seeking itself becomes mountains and rivers away, or a sense of I am very far from it. When we realize that this is undefinable, how can this be means to an end? How can it not be wherever I am right now? Can anyone arrive is the question. Another way to another expression that we we may not realize that is expressing unity and absolute is just gasho, putting the hands together. It symbolizes the absolute and the relative coming together. Every time you put your hands together in gasho, there is the expression. There is the manifestation. And there is the opportunity to come back. Right then and there. So, we have about 15-20 minutes. And uh, I want to hear, first of all, if you have any questions. But what does it do to you? What does it do for us to recognize that the one and the many are not separated? What does it mean? What does it mean to chant it over and over and over again? And also, what does it mean now that we, maybe we heard some words about it, some words of explanation? Are they needed? Are they necessary? So please unmute yourself and speak and say your name before you go into that. Anyone? Segyoku, Reza, did you want to speak?
1: Segyoku, and from people who are far away and don't know me, I'm in New Jersey. Um, So, um, I think for me, it's a reminder. (laughs) So, if I'm not experiencing this, which is most of the time, it's a reminder that it's available and um, uh, it um, interests me what it would be like. (laughs) And uh, also it does, There is also a sense of searching and seeking, mm-hmm. uh, which you are saying is not it. But nonetheless, um, that is there and it seems somewhat motivating. Thank you. And well, frustration. And what? There's also frustration
2: sometimes.
0: Thank you. Uh, well, we're not saying that anything is not it. Frustration can be it, as, yes. as everything else, right? So what we're saying is that anything can knock at any door, there, there is one who will answer, right? Frustration can be an incredible gateway. Yes. Right, so definitely it <laughs> at all yes. times. Yes. Frustrated or not.
1: So I guess the main point is that it's a reminder to me of what is possible. And there is um, curiosity about it. And um, maybe sometimes there is a sense of it. Okay. Yeah, a beginning sense of it. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Who's next? That okay? Hey, <laughs> I can talk. You can talk. You have to see our name first.
3: Uh, my name is Mukhan. Um, yeah, I just, um, Something that I read in—I have a copy of a bunch of talks that Shunryo Suzuki gave on on the Sandokai, and something that you know, I like doing this because we chant these things, and you know, with repetition can come embodiment, but it can also come automation, <laughs> where you just kind of your brain takes shortcuts and and you just say the words, and you, you're not really thinking about it you're just going through the motions and it's not registering maybe some of us are you know making our grocery lists in our heads as we're chanting or something like that but um reading through some of his talks the one thing that really struck me was the fact that the way this ends is he referred to it as as uh, Sekido's big stick over, over the head in the sense of he uh being that this was born out of a lot of argumentation um mm-hmm. this poem was his way of telling everybody to shut up um and there's something <laughs> I, I think kind of good about that of uh, uh, about that smack in the head where we get i know speaking personally get really concerned with giving the right answer a lot of the time to anything you know even what sekyoku just said about frustration of uh You show up with what you show up with, and that sometimes also includes the emotions you're not displaying too, or trying not to display, and the answer to all of them is yes and no, and learning to be okay with that as opposed to this isn't the right thing, or I'm not practicing correctly, or whatever it is. And that does get tied into discipline too, and strictness, but um, that arises, less because of some sort of militant need to be upright all the time, but of uh, the difficulty of of what we tried to do here, I think, is, is, it requires that sort of um, vigilance. And a word, uh, the one last thing I'd say is, um, the word that he used in the book um, that I liked is, is, helps me anyways, kind of explode this I'd rather be this or I wish I wasn't that was, uh, as you're liable to, it just means that it happens (laughs) or your, 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 your muscles go in that direction. You're liable to do that, but you are not that. So you're not holding on to the fact that I had issues concentrating or you know, you're liable to have a wandering mind, but that just means that you bring it back
0: to the center again so, thank you yeah thank you <clears throat> yeah so uh, yes you brought up something important right that we have to see that uh we can take what is essentially medicine and we can chop it up and use it as poison right so once we uh create divisiveness we create divisiveness and it doesn't matter what it is about we it, it actually essentially what it's about is just creating divisiveness right and that's what we want. So we, we choose uh, the argument of the day, right? You know, now I'm going to argue about this, and tomorrow we may argue about that. But how can that? How is it possible when we are talking about the same thing? And what does it matter what we think about it if we are talking about the same thing? What matters is that we arrive at it and function that way. So is it gradual? Is it sudden?
3: Both. It d- d-
0: depends.
3: <laughs>
0: well, that can keep the argument going. Yeah. So watch out. <laughs> Thank you. Who's next? Am I choosing who's next?
4: I would like to say something.
0: Yeah, Chodo.
4: Hi, this is Chodo. So um, for me, what I'm always getting uh, more alert when I hear the word functioning, and I wonder if functioning is equivalent to live, or to be living, actually, to be alive. And if you're clearly functioning along the lines of uh, everything has its own value, its own intrinsic value according to function. And I don't, I don't remember this. Place, what? according place.
0: to function and place.
4: Right. So that applies for us as well, right? As human beings. So to me, it's like, um, fitting a, a role that's required in each moment. And, um, so encountering the absolute for me, that would be, um, to basically live in the relative and to to do what's required at every respective moment and um, then to forget what I'm doing that's encountering the absolute to forget myself the one who's doing these actions or is doing basically so yeah that's yeah what came to the
0: moment yeah and yes it's a uh, it's a good uh, description and uh it's less exhausting, less taxing on us, you know, to 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 realize that we are unique and at the same time we're always supported by the same one. Right? So the big one, whatever we call that, right? It it brings ease to our everyday life, actually. Right? So yes, every every part function based on what it needs to do, right? But at the same time it, it's, it's unique and it is supported by everything and everyone. So the, the feeling of loneliness may, or, or being separated may disappear. The feeling of uh, maybe not being worthy may disappear. The self-judgment may not be there or may not be so strong. Who is judging who right you know if i if, if i am everything else then judgment may not seem uh, that important anymore self-judgment may, may be realized as a waste of time or waste of energy or
4: well, being completely pointless
0: actually right. right thank you for that being completely pointless exactly so you know i think the right effort uh, originates from that understanding right effort, the right amount of effort in thinking, speaking, and acting right doing there 's no way or there 's less waste so and and uh and then thank you children and chanting right as as uh of course you mentioned before that chanting uh can become repetitive. And we have to watch, we have to watch out. So we always have to, every time we're about to chant, we may want to raise the intention or, or the understanding. that Okay, this is the first time I'm chanting that because I've never been here before and I've never chanted that today, now. Because this have ne- has never happened before. So if I bring that kind of attitude, then I'm more likely to open up and maybe hear what I have not heard before. And, uh merge with it better and study that as I chant and not just study that from intellectual perspective but study that with my whole body which means with my lungs with the air with my entire body everything is chanting I'm not just chanting with my voice I am chanting with my toes with my knees with my hair well I don't have hair you guys do everything is chanting. And what does that do to the experience of chanting thank you okay we still have a few minutes who wants to go next i'm roshi raj
5: yeah thanks uh good morning i i guess for me uh the whole seeking and not seeking issue is always seems to come up um in many different contexts, you know, which is the, 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 sort of paradox of, of seeking. And then, you know, at the same time, having to accept that by seeking, you're getting farther away. So that I think is something I, I've, it's very difficult for me to sort of uh, process or, or accept. You know that maybe you just have to stop seeking but that seems to me like like you're just giving up or, or
0: that you're you're not you're not following through on your aspiration how about giving up on that which trust that you're not it you can give up on that Yeah. Mm-hmm. and then strive, but don't look for anything else. It doesn't negate striving, but, you know, and that's, again, right effort. Yeah. If you wish to be enlightened, do not waste your time by by night or day, right? Do not waste your time. And do not waste your time means do not waste your energy. Mm. Again, right effort. So this is already it doesn't mean I experience it as such we, we get that of course right. but the fact that i don't experience it as such doesn't mean it's not it and this is why this is how we get in you know we, we trick ourselves if i don't exp- if i don't see it it's not here if i don't hear it it does it's not happening now right and it's a very self concerned self centered way of seeing reality interacting with reality well I you know i'm these eyes work perfectly. If I don't see it, it doesn't exist. Right. If I don't feel that, then I'm not it. Mm. Right? It's, it's a very small-minded way of, of seeing life. Right. But then to, to, bring, to bring that trust, well, yeah, I may not feel it right now, but it doesn't mean I am not absolutely, perfectly it mm. every moment. So you have to find a way to close that gap, I suppose,
5: between between seeking and 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 accepting that you know that this is it, just this
0: is it. And to close the gap is is, is that's what Suzuki referred to when he said you know it's not everything is, is it's not that it's difficult to realize. What's difficult is to not create the gap. Right. So that, that's why do not waste your time by night or day is so important. That's why it's important to be diligent about it. Because we have to examine how we function, how much energy we waste, based on the notion that I am not it. Mm-hmm. That's the, the, the fundamental assumption is I'm not it, I'm not there yet. And that's, yeah. that, that is our zero point in a way, Right. My, my zero point is that notion that I'm not it. And what we need to do is mess with that zero point. And the practice is telling you, no, that's not the zero point. That's way above the zero point. That's added stuff. Go deeper than that and examine, well, why? why? Why do you assume that you're not there? And the answer will be because I don't feel this way. Right. And again, that's the small mind mentality. Right? This is how we are, because I don't feel this way. It must not be it. Right. But is that a, a an accurate parameter? I Meaning, yeah. you know, are my feelings the only way to to measure or to to determine whether something is true or not? Just I don't feel this way. It must be wrong. Right. I don't feel good about myself i must not be valuable i must not be worthy right Mm -hmm. so there is a connection that that we make right but that connection has to be severed right i don't feel this way doesn't mean i am not this way so so that's what we have to mess with or work with
5: right it's it's realization i guess that's You have to realize. Make it real.
0: Okay. Well, then make this real. Yeah. And you know what? Since it's already real, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) 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 You know, there's a saying, you know, if you want to be a a person of suchness, practice suchness without delay. Being that it's already that way, why worry about such a thing? (laughs)
5: Right.
0: Right. So don't worry about it. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good. We want to laugh at the end. That's the best way to, <laughs> to conclude that. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, yeah, who's next? We still have a few minutes.
6: Yeah, you I'm sorry. I have a question. Tina. Tina. All right.
0: I. We can't hear you.
6: Say Hold again. Hold on one second. Okay. Let me try it out. Is that better? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, I am totally confused and no idea why I'm um, on the location. I'm going to see how we can be focused on the goal and expect
0: that there is isn't. We can't it's hear really
7: you. We're focused on the goal, but Dina, not
0: the Okay, I'm gonna have Yogan uh, translate what I you say. Hear,
7: I can kind of hear what you're saying. You're saying I'm confused about there being no goal. How do you have a goal when there is no goal?
0: How do you? Yes, I, how yes, do you in other words, in yeah. other words can you me Uh I, It's I can it's in and out. It's in and out. So uh, are you? Let me let me just try to. Uh, I'll try to repeat what you said. So tell me if that's what you are uh, that we're trying to say. Uh, how can how do you reconcile being there and then having a goal? Uh, no, actually, come on.
6: Let me. Okay. The the I'm having a problem with contradictions. So the extreme. Can okay. You hear me now?
0: Yeah. Keep going.
6: Yeah. Okay. So if we do something with our full body and to intentional. Intentional is also is kind of like to be committed. It means being in a profession. Having a pen, a purpose, a goal. So how do you have a goal and then not have a goal and then and it, it it's it seems a I don't understand how one can be intentional but be disconnected
0: from the intention.
7: Disconnected from intention.
0: Yeah. Oh. Uh it's a bit choppy so what did she say? I'll
6: type it out so you can read it. I'll type it to you and, and then you guys can read it. Please do. Okay.
7: Because
6: that'll make life easier.
0: Um, yeah, there's something going on with the voice. Okay. What did you say?
7: I'm, I'm trying. She, she's not done yet. Okay. I don't see
0: her yet. Does anybody else... Uh, how
7: can one move with intention but be disconnected from the intention?
0: Okay. So, yeah, so how do, we, how do we find that intention within us while we are not connected, while we are not feeling it? Yes. Okay, right. I get it. Okay, um, so we have to work, this is what Suzuki uh, Roshi referred to, you know, when he said, you know, that what's, what's difficult is not realization, what's difficult is to not get in the way. Right, so this is why uh, intention is so important. But how do we work with intention? Right. So what does it mean to raise the intention? We can raise intention in the morning and be trapped all day, completely trapped all day, right? Because the intention must follow with specific way of practice, right? So the intention has to be. We have to keep raising the intention with each step. So realizing I'm gonna get trapped, I'm gonna get stuck, and I'm gonna get unstuck. Right, again and again and again, and when we do it long enough, we realize, yeah, I'm gonna get stuck. I fall down my face, but I can get up. Right, so the getting, the falling down is not, um, is not an obstacle. Right, it's actually it becomes part of our practice. The falling down and the getting up. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. So we want to see. Everything we do, right? We want to see all our experiences, all our experiences as ingredients for our practice. She says it's
7: the process,
0: yes. Right. You're right. It's the process. So do not waste your time by night or day means exactly that. It means include, be open to include all the ingredients in your life to cook your practice or to form your practice. Right? So there is nothing to be, that we need to reject. Including despair, including frustration, including self-doubt. All of it. It's great if we know how to use it.
7: Don't get stuck on failure, obstacles, etc.
0: Right. And you've heard before, it's this uh, the ground that you fall on is the same ground that helps you get up. So why would you reject falling? Yes, Aikido practice. So. Yes, Aikido practice. You got it. <laughs> Great. Okay, so we are about to conclude. Uh, last chance. Anybody wants to say something to?
2: Major.
0: Okay, so quickly, major, because we're going to conclude with a different chant. So um,
2: this kind of came up for me when I was reading this one quote that doing is work, and being is effortless and uh doing his work when when for me it seems like you know when you're doing something and you're feel like it's it's uh the work um you can't wait to get through it and get out of it so that you can do something else yeah but when, when you're being and this is where i lose myself when i'm doing something that brings me uh pleasure passion and you know and Then all of a sudden it becomes effortless. I can work for hours and I don't feel the being tired or I don't feel physically depleted because I am being in a state where I am so present. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I guess that's how I connected a little bit with, you know, yes, you're going to have both work and, you know, doing and being but try to be more in the being state for me. And that's what I'm working yeah, on. Yeah,
0: yeah. And what you're saying is <laughs> that the that, that things are not done as means to an end. It's, you're not doing something for something else. And then you can you can actually uh, bring all your energies to one thing and merge with that one thing, right? So then, of course, there is a lot more joy in the doing. And the doing is not strained by a perceived destination or idea so so because what happens often is the idea drains the energy the idea of a destination right and the fear of arriving or not arriving at the destination it draws energy from this so part of my energy is already wasted in what i think should happen and what i'm worried about not happening right which actually answers raj too right And then you, and then you actually, you realize this is it, right? You're not looking for anything else. And by not looking for anything else, you are actually laying the groundwork for a better later. You are taking care of later by taking care of now.
6: Correct.
0: But if I, if I'm not taking care of now because of later, then later will also be the same. Meaning, my attention will not be there because it will be later again, right? So, so to realize unity with each step, to realize that the form and the formless, right? You know, they they always manifest step by step. I don't have to worry about it. It's not my doing that's going to create that. If it's not my doing that's going to create that, then okay, great. Well, I don't have to worry about that. I'm not building realization, I'm not putting parts together to create the One. The One doesn't care about us realizing or living in in, in crazy ways. It doesn't mind. We do. And we have to, because we care. Right? Right.
6: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Okay, it's been great uh, discussion, and uh, we are going to uh, close this with, uh, in a different way today. Uh, as you know, we are devoting our, more, our Sunday morning services, uh, the entire program, to, uh, to all the people who have died uh, due to the coronavirus, and uh, all the people that uh, were left behind, families, friends, uh, having to deal with that. So we want to raise that uh, further and Mjogen is going to chant the Green Tara chant to help bring healing. So what I'd like us all to do is is you're going to mute yourself, stay muted, and uh you're going to put your hands in gasho and uh just listen.